Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Was a little Florida girl taken by aliens at an early age and then taught science on another planet? Can extraterrestrials manipulate space and time? Was the controversial 1950s UFO contactee George Adamski right all along? Hello and welcome to the 952nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, coming to you from WON AM and FM Radio here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and those far-out questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today we welcome back a distinguished friend and a very special guest along with him. Preston Dennett joins us today in his first appearance on the show in nearly four years. Mm. Preston first began investigating UFOs in 1986 after learning that his family, friends, and co-workers had had encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of people and investigated a wide variety of cases. He has written 29 books and more than 100 articles about UFOs and the paranormal. He is a frequent guest on radio and TV and speaks to audiences across the U.S., His latest book, the subject of our discussion today, is Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure. It features the incredible story of UFO alien contact by a Florida woman named Dolly, who also joins us today. So Preston Dennett and Dolly, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we, we try it. We try our best to have a little bit of fun while also learning a little something along the way. So I guess Preston, we'll we'll, we'll start with you. Um, let's. Can you go over sort of the, the basic details of the case? What's 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 the story? How did it start? And where is it now? Yeah, Dolly reached out to me uh, a number of years ago, 2016. She was looking for someone to tell her story, and uh, boy, was I delighted once we started corresponding and I found out the details to her case. Uh, Dolly is what I would call a fully conscious contactee. Many people who have UFO experiences have missing time, you know, memory problems. Many of them have a lot of fear surrounding their experiences. This is just not the case with Dolly. She's fully conscious, has not needed to use hypnosis to recall her experiences. And her case, I can say with full confidence, is easily the most extensive I've ever had the uh, opportunity and honor of investigating. Uh, she started having experiences at a very, very young age, uh, 10 months, in fact, and continued all the way to the present day. And her experiences are, in some ways, typical. I mean, most of what she's told me, I have heard piecemeal from other people. Some of it is, of course, brand new. But yes, she's been taken on board craft. Uh, she's been taken to other planets. She's worked very extensively with the Greys, who have taught her on a wide variety of subjects. It's really an extraordinary case, and uh, yeah, I'm really honored that she reached out to me. Okay, um, I almost don't know where to begin. Let's begin with your father, <laughs> Dolly, if we could. Uh, now he was in the military. Have I, either of you ever served in the military? Um, I have. Y- you have. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, and, and thank you for being a nurse. Very important work. Uh, this, uh, according to the book, I, I made five pages of typewritten notes reading this book. It was really impressive to read, oh, wow. actually. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. and we're, we're never going to get to everything. We'll have to do another show. 
but um, your father seemed to have an awful lot of authority for a non-commissioned officer, uh, albeit you know a top sergeant or something. Because you were, can you tell us first of all the background of that? How you were uh, taken for a government program when these things started to happen to you, and your father seemed to know all about it, and, and the government agents seemed to know that, that you were ha- having contact experiences and were able to do things after those experiences, levitation, for example, uh, apportation. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that, how you got taken into this program and how your father got you out? Um, my father was a uh, an airborne ranger, and um, he uh, was also an architect and the uh, military engineer. And he worked for the government as well as privately, uh, private sources. Um, his authority came in that he was an expert at uh, what he did, what he saw. His missions in the military are uh, full of NDAs you, you can't even imagine. I'm under a few of those because of it. And... Uh, he is privy and was privy, well, he's passed now, but he was privy to very, very high-level uh, situations going on in the military and in uh, certain um, jobs he was doing. Um, when I was very young, I started exhibiting abilities uh, almost dead on, I mean, from the very beginning, and became hypercritical right about the age of two when I disappeared uh, for the longest amount of time that they had to go looking for me. Um he was confused and he didn't know what was going on and he was not aware completely about um, Majestic 12 or MK Ultra. And uh, the people around him were trying to get, because he talked about it, uh, were trying to get me in that situation so that they could test me out without informing him of why. Um, when I was there for about three days, a general, who he is uh, very good friends with, knew what it was, informed him of it, uh, and said, we got to get her out. General signed an order to pull me, and he went in there ready to wreak havoc on them if they didn't release me to him, and they did. Um, they have tried uh, several times in my life to abduct me. First time I was about eight, uh, and it's happened twice since then. Um, that's basically what that is. You know, I would add that you know Dolly was exhibiting precognition, uh, telekinesis, all these abilities, and they took her there to uh, test her, and she performed extraordinarily well. And the, the yeah, military yeah. officials were super excited about it. <laughs> and uh, Dolly's thinking, "Oh, this is you know all fun and games." And yeah. no, it, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, and her father pulled her out. Otherwise, she would have been part of, you know, maybe oh. a psychic spy or something like this, <laughs> working okay. for the government. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the book. Uh, you know, it was quite, quite the drama. Uh, now, Dolly, when you were ten, uh, the book says that the, your dad came into the room with you and ETs. He saw them, and vice versa. Yes, um, it's it's a and it's an interesting memory for me. Uh, I was being taught by them, and he would sometimes go with them also and do things with them. And it was a situation in that I really needed him to be there with me, and they brought him on board to be with me through what I was going through. And uh, he helped uh, educate me along with them in what I was learning. 
one of the, the questions that hit me first, and then later on in the book, uh, you explain that um, there are uh, you were taken out of time, so that might explain that might answer the question here. But you were always taken at night when you were younger, and three or four times a week, you said. When the heck did you get any sleep? I don't really <laughs> sleep because of that. I only sleep two hours a I day. I think of stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm not a real big sleeper. Um, when I got COVID recently, I started sleeping about six hours a night, and I'm not really past it yet. This is real recent for me. I'm experiencing long COVID right now. Yeah. But um, my oh, normal sleep pattern that. is only. And it's okay. I'm fine. Well, thank uh, you for making the effort to be on with us today. Uh, ben, did you want to jump in here, or you, or you want to go into uh, Peter's question? Um, I, I, I have I have questions, and sure. I I, uh, I kind of want to take a take sort of a, a half step back. Um, so what what were I'm trying to think of a, a way to say it, to phrase this? What were sort of the things you were being taught? Was was it technological? Was it spiritual? Was it both? What was it? Um, I, I had a full boat. Um, I was taught uh, mathematics. I was taught um, morality from from their teachings. I was taught uh, to uh, the spirituality and that the nature of the universe and what it is really. I was taught uh, higher educational things, astronomy. I went into physics. I went into astronomy. I went into um, you name it. I was learning it. I learned botany. I learned. Um, uh, Conservation. I learned uh, biology. I learned uh, some nursing, as a matter of fact, uh, just principles of healing and things like that. Um, whatever. Also, I found uh, in myself a, procl- a proclivity to want to learn was also given to me. So I've got a really big, you know, full boat of education from that. Yeah. And I would add that this is something I have heard from many other contactees being taught on a wide variety of subjects spiritual and scientific and also just backtracking a little bit Dolly talks about not sleeping much very very common among contactees sleeping two three hours a night yeah Hmm. so Uh, let's morality what what were the teachings on morality I'm genuinely curious well it started out when I was very young that um they have a strict uh, it's the way they behave this type of morality in other words you're kind you're loving you you give you you uh, consider others before you consider yourself sometimes but you should take care of yourself always um, that was the beginning of it and then it went into learning how to respect others privacy learning how to respect uh, others opinions those moral concepts and it as I got older, each concept built upon the next one all the way into adulthood where uh, concepts of right and wrong, serious right and wrong, uh, how you comport and conduct yourself, karma, all of it. Okay. Hmm. As one with a background in theology and philosophy, I'm always interested in what ETs have to say about God. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, <clears throat> one of the chapters of my last book was about that. Uh, you say... You answer a question that a lot of people ask. If the ETs, and I must say, this is almost the 250th utopian society that I have run into in any kind of research, many of which are quite different. Uh, Why don't they come in 
and just save us from ourselves, you know, solve everything, uh, and this sort of thing. And um, you, you address that in the book, and uh, you say pretty much, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, uh, we have our own free will and this sort of thing. Can you say a little bit about uh, their attitude on that subject? Yes. Um, I'll use the first word that I want to use. It's autonomy. They are autonomous beings, all of them. They all have the right to command their own path through life. Um, that doesn't exclude them from cooperating and helping others and doing what they need to do to, to survive together and work together in an environment of love and peace and all that. But autonomy is, is that you choose where you're going. You choose how you're going to get there. Uh, we're in a, we're in the third dimension here. Some, almost into the fourth. This is a huge construct, physical construct that we're in here. We're gravity heavy and we're cut off right now. So you really don't know what's going on past your physical reality. But there's way, way more than that. And to understand why they feel the way they do, um, it means uh, considering a few things. The first one would be in that if you had the mind that you could see all energy all around you, communicate with everything in the universe at the same time, and see everybody empathetically as you should, you would understand what I'm about to say. Holy, you're probably pretty advanced, so I'm going to give it a shot. Um, there is no one at no time under any circumstances whatsoever who may stand before you and take over your life. They can assist you if you ask for it. They can give you advice if you ask for it. They can teach you knowledge if you ask for it. But they may not, under any circumstances whatsoever, stand in your path and do for you what you must do for yourself. Okay. Period. Uh, theologically, I find it fascinating that that is exactly the argument that many use to say why God doesn't come in and save us from ourselves and solve all our problems. But on the, in that vein, uh, you make clear in the book that these ETs are our ancestors. Yes, they are progenitors, yes. Okay. Now, how was how was that done DNA-wise? I mean, the DNA would have to be practically the same, or they would have to have an incredible technology for gene splitting. And no, why, uh, why would they do it? We are all created from source. We all exist in source together energetically. Your consciousness is alive and awake and commands itself. This body that you're in, a, a DNA construct, is a tool you use to be in this dimension, period. Um, the entire universe is like this. It, there, when I said symmetry for the book, I meant it. There, everything in this universe is symmetrical, and it has everything, every component of it is related to the other components. Every single living being across our universe has DNA. Every single entity that uses that DNA to exist is related to one another. Some of us are seriously very closely related. Humanoid. ETs are humanoid in nature. They're bipedal. They have two arms, two legs. They have eyes, mouth, nose. They breathe. You know, they eat. They have sex. They are two sexes. All the way across the board, there is nothing excluded in this universe from that paradigm. Um, DNA means that you have built into your DNA the need to breathe, to keep populating yourself throughout your your genetic history and the history of everybody else. They do not manipulate it. They do not 
constructed. They are not the authors of it in any way, shape, or form. But we are related to them. We are their family. They they consider us first and foremost their children, and we are considered highly among them. Uh, this earth, uh, we've been through many iterations on this earth. This earth is a very um, volatile place, and it has gone through many uh, upheavals since uh, we started populating it. And um, so people are lifted off at those times, taken away, and then brought back. So you are not messed with in any way. You are allowed to evolve and do what you need to do to be here for in this dimension to learn and ascend. In other words, get, become wise and go up into uh, what it is you can learn once you learn how to do it. Uh, uh, Preston, do you want to jump yeah. in here? Yeah, yeah. What I, I love what Dolly's saying because these are things I've heard from many other contactees. Dolly has a much greater, you know, experience I think. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times uh, contactees have told me that the ETs told them, "We are you. You are us. We are your progenitors." Our relationship to them is much closer than people realize. We look at the Pomegranates as a completely different alien species, but they are not. They are essentially human, and they have told this to many, many contactees. They've said, you know, at one time we looked very much like you. And the fact is, pretty much all people who report contact with extraterrestrials do report humanoids. And many of them see uh, people that look just like us. This goes to speak to how close our relationship with them is. And over and over again, you hear this. I mean, the... Native Americans and indigenous cultures throughout the world know this and through oral tradition believe, will know that we are essentially ETs ourselves and that the ETs are our progenitors. So yeah, uh, that's why I, I love the title, Dolly chose the title Symmetry. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm like, wow, you know, that fits really well. I have a I have a I have a fun fun sort of thing. Is everyone familiar with the term transhumanism? So so the idea yeah. for for all those all those who who do not know what transhumanism is, the idea is essentially humans ascending in some way, shape, or form. The modern idea is is through melding of of man and machine, so that we can ascend past our our physical limitations and how much we can actually do. But it depend it depends on who you talk to. There's different definitions all over the place. So we we're here to learn stuff. Now, not the first time I've heard this. Um, what what are we what are we, what do we need to learn? Is it is it is it technological? Is there a set path that we follow? What are what are the steps? Are there steps? I'm so glad you asked this question. This plays <laughs> on my mind a lot. Um, this is one of the fallacies of being uh, in this dimension and in this time frame that we're in. Uh, technology is not the path you should be uh, using. They're trying to use technology to uh, go beyond their physical capabilities. So what they don't realize is that this physical body is transitory. It is trans. It goes away. It recycles. You, you are born again into something else that you choose to do. Where your abilities are and where your ability to create and uh, prove uh, anything is through spiritualism. In other words, your psychic abilities. While you're in this physical body, you have P 
pineal gland in your brain. They've known this forever, okay? Um, right now, most people on this planet are not using it properly and have been denied access to it by media, you know, uh, violence, negativity, and all that. It shuts it down. Uh, so you can't hear what's really going on. You don't know the truth about anything. You're not here to learn how to be technological. You're here to learn how to be human and transcend the human condition. That's what you're here to learn, period, the end. We recycle here for that reason alone. There's an element of negativity on this planet that believes that they're correct in the in the technological stuff. And all, while it's all great and super duper, um, ET's scratching their heads going, uh, 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 because their technology doesn't use all of that at all. Their technology is run by psychic ability. And their knowledge of um, how to use energy is far and out in ways that exceeds us, I mean, by millennia. And they're waiting for us to join up with them, but we have to turn this on again and use our psychic abilities to reach out to that. Everything um, you want to know is there just as long as you can do that. Well, I'm I'd, I'd like to jump in. Yeah, real quick, go ahead. Mark-head. Yep, that's uh, fine. Yeah, this, this is a major ET agenda. ETs have many agendas on our planet. They're trying to wake us up to the fact that, you know, we're just polluting our environment, our warlike ways are retarding our progress. Uh, they're very concerned about nuclear proliferation. There's numerous agendas. Healing, of course, uh, but a major one is waking us up to our own abilities and our own heritage. Uh, as a rule, contactees experience a wide variety of paranormal events, and they come away from their experiences, or even you know, before, with all kinds of what we might call supernatural or superhuman abilities, but they're not. These are natural human abilities. We do have the ability to levitate, telepathy, healing, precognition. All of this is what they are trying to uh, get us to remember and to wake up to. This is a major ET agenda. And this is what will save us from destroying ourselves. Can you imagine if all of humanity was telepathic like we should be? That is normal among the ET population. So this is really an important part of all of this and uh, a major ET agenda for sure. Well, I'm kind of glad you said that about technology because something that's always bothered me is that uh, we tend to uh, equate advancement with technological advancement, which is a huge mistake. I mean, technological advancement usually brings with it moral decrepitude. As the example I always use is uh, who was the most advanced country technologically in the 1930s? Nazi Germany. How'd that go? You know, so um, uh, that's a bit of a hopeful sign. Now, before we take our break, why don't we ask uh, Peter in Bogota, Colombia, sent uh, a couple of questions, and remember, uh, we only deliver. So go ahead. Yes, please do not shoot the messenger. Um, it, <laughs> If you were a UFO investigator investigating yourself and you were investigating your own case uh, and wanted to do it scientifically, how would you go about doing that, Dolly? I would vet uh, the person I was um, investigating. Um, the reason that I chose Preston is because I knew he would vet me properly. In other words, he yeah, would... We know him to be a very careful so researcher. Right, very. And uh, it took five years for him to uh, draw conclusions from what I was saying. I had to prove myself to him. Um, 
and over and over and over again. <laughs> and he, he he went into every aspect of my life. He mean, you know, if I if I had invited him into my house, he would have been all over it. Okay, <laughs> seriously, um, given the chance, I know him. He would have done that. Okay, um, so that's one way. The other way is to uh, have visual proof. Um, again, this is why I chose Preston because I've been able to show him visual proof. I've uh, Talat has come down for him, okay, and shown himself to him. Uh, he has been OBE'd in with them a few times. Uh, they are not physically present with us right now, so his encounters with them now are mostly OBE, uh, as with everybody else here. Um, they are watching us technologically with drones and devices and their own abilities to watch over us right now. Um, but those are the ways you do that. You ask for some sort of uh, uh, proof, uh, show your abilities on psychic. I've proven that to Preston. I am, uh, I'm still not levitating right now. I'm so cut off. I'm sort of stranded right now. And everything negative is going on, and it's hard for me to want to perform, you know, psychically, you know. So I'm working on it. I'm under the same gun as you as far as gamma coming in and 5G coming in and then it, it messes with me. You know, okay. they're deliberately trying to cut everybody off. All right, why don't we take our uh, mid-show break here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM, New England's beautiful but hot Blackstone River Valley and on TuneIn.com and a few other uh, great uh platforms. We'll be right back with Dolly and Preston. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to the Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnigh.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Local and live at 99.5 FM. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on WOON AM and FM. And we're back with Preston Dennett and Dolly Safran. Uh, and we're going to be continuing our conversation about Dolly's uh, reports of amazing experiences taking place here. So why don't you, uh, Ben, if you would pose uh, Peter from Bogota, Colombia. His second question. Sure thing. Uh, so Peter writes to us, You have uh, claims of personally uh, flying UFOs on a regular basis, uh, having the ability to do telekinesis and levitation. Uh, someone could ask for a demonstration, as yeah, we already just kind of lightly, yeah, lightly talked about. That, right? yeah. A little bit, yeah. So could you and would you is, is the question. UFO flying uh, might be a little complicated at the moment, but what about a quick demonstration of telekinesis or levitation on camera? I do not perform for anyone, period. Um, I have Preston as my voice right now for me to do that would draw fire from uh, force uh, the, the NSA the CIA and everything else I'm already watched and guarded the minute I start performing publicly I'm out they will come after me in a second they're around me now and no I will not do it period could you tell us about uh, Talera am I pronouncing that correctly Talera yes Talera okay okay Proper ET accent, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a disembodied fifth-dimensional entity. He's non-corporeal. 
he is advanced. He is uh, very, very advanced. Um, all ET uh, technology is run psychically. And uh, the third dimensional ET is the grays and the tall whites and a few of the others. Uh, eons and eons and eons ago discovered that they could uh, communicate with interdimensional beings and a cooperative effort came between them to advance their sciences and bring them up. Uh, E.T. has decided the Greys mostly to uh, go all over the universe and uh, learn from their experiences by propagating, helping, gardening, you name it, animal, husbandry, all of it. And all of their craft that they fly in are indwelled by these beings, these interdimensional beings. Uh, the craft themselves are somewhat alive. They are uh, biological entities themselves. And the, the Talata actually indwells the craft to run it, just like I'm indwelling my body to run my body through this dimension. Um, is integral. Their technology is so advanced that it takes that kind of a mind to run their systems because they do travel through light gates interdimensionally and they can go all over the universe. Uh, comments, Preston? Yeah, this is something I've heard from many other contactees uh, who might not have as full of an understanding of it. They say, yeah, the, the ship felt alive to me. And I will say, if you look at some of the crash retrieval reports from whistleblowers throughout the military-industrial complex, they talk about how they've gone inside these craft and can't <laughs> find the controls or the engine room or anything like this. Uh, and they don't fully understand that these craft are, in fact, you know, alive and flown psychically. So yeah, this is something that is a regular theme throughout uh, the contactee literature. So here's a here's sort of a fun little observation I've had in my in my in my time in the field and and existing alongside my father. Um, so so every time we've had one of these shows, there's always a very big theme um, with any of the contactees we've ever talked to, and that is. Um, well, technology sucks, but we use it anyway, right? And it's like, and and it's 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 such a weird paradox. And yeah, sure, okay, let's say it's run psychically, great, cool, right? But here's the thing: they still use it all the time. Now, this is not a new story. You know, there there are sort of four ways that we as humans order the reality around us, and that's music, uh, language, art, and ritual, and we like to tell stories because stories and narratives are how we make sense of things, right? And it's it's how we understand the world around us. And this story is nothing new, right? It, you can take it all the way back to Prometheus. You can take it way, way, way over to, to even, even you know, if you want to take it over to, like, I don't know, besides besides Norway, any, really anywhere else with, with, with sort of a fun traditional mythology. And, it, and it's the same story, right? You know, the, the gods came down, lowercase g, and they gave everybody technology, and they said, "Don't do anything stupid." And then they all proceeded to do something stupid. <laughs> and and it, the only sort of contrary narrative to that is is sort of the fun sort of you know mi- you know stepchild of of Second Temple Judaism literature, which is one Enoch, which is like this is not you know they came down, they gave people a bunch of stuff, and they were like, "Here you go, kids, go nuts." And so you had sort of things that came out that is that you know you have you know metallurgy and and cosmetics and sort of all this other stuff. So these these narratives are, are nothing new. The, the question is the interpretation of them is different because we interpret it through our our fun sort of modern 
weird, you know, dichotomy of, well, material bad, spirit good, and then spirit bad, material good. And so you have, we, we have this narrative, we're given all these things, and then we have to interpret it somehow. So here's, here's the, the, the sort of crux of, of what I'm saying. How can we trust these things? Well, you have to understand what their technology is. I use that word so you understand it. Uh, because they're that highly advanced. Now I'm going to give you a picture of it. I'm going to tell you the story of how they fly. Okay? They have a ship that's a hull. It's empty, except for the technology of uh, nuclear and gravi- uh, batteries and gravitational waveguides. They have the type of nuclear energy that when they fire it up, they use only one teeny little speck that can power that entire craft for uh, for a great amount of time. Uh, It uses itself up. It's element 115. It burns and becomes element 116. In other words, it loses all of its uh, radioactive properties in that translation into that element, and it is clean. Uh, The wave, the gravitational wave that it uh, produces is so immense, the gravitational fluxes incorporated from that wave are so immense that they can gravitationally fly above anybody anywhere at any time. They use the gravitational guidelines of every planet they go to and the universe itself. When I say it's psychic in that it takes a psychic entity to wield that power, they are mentally capable of controlling how that power exists and where it goes to. The field guides are the uh, only technological thing on that ship, and it, it moves the, gu- the waves in different directions around the ship so that there's an inner uh, uh, environment and an outer environment. And that craft literally skips along like a ship on the ocean on the gravity of everything. That is their technology. That is their ability. Their mental ability, their psychic ability is so advanced of anything you conceive of that they're able to do that, produce this. They are able to shift time itself. They can open a, a, a window of light, a light gate, and go through it and be halfway across the universe in a half a second. This is who they are. Okay. Uh, that leads right into my next question. But first of all, if Preston wanted to comment... Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would just say, you know, people talk about seeing ETs moving through solid objects, levitating, doing all kinds of stuff, telepathy, and I think there's an assumption that this is techno- technologically based, uh, and I always wondered about that, and this, this is one of the things I love about Dolly's story, where she's able to, you know, connect the dots and fill in the blanks for me, um, she says, no, those, usually they're not <laughs> using technology in these cases, they can, but, you know, when you see an ET floating through your house... Um, they have the ability to levitate, just as we do, just as all entities do once they are psychically advanced. Um, okay. Uh, Clark used to talk about how technology, you know, su- a sufficiently advanced technology looks like magic. Yeah, that's true. But the fact is, we have all these abilities, and ETs have mastered all of them. If anybody's joining us here in the second half hour, I've got, uh, and for anybody who happens to be looking uh, at the video feed, I know most people are not. Uh, the book, here it is, Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure. And um, one of the most fascinating parts of the book for me uh, was uh, Dolly's account of seeing a painting by a Scandinavian artist in, from 1909 and seeing what she believed was herself 
in the painting. Can you talk about that, Dolly? It's absolutely fascinating. When I was really young, I mean, I was I was just under five years old, I think, right around that age. Um, I was brought to a party, and I didn't know where I was exactly, except that I was told that I would be with my family, and um, that I had rules while I was there. I couldn't uh, touch anything, take anything that, excuse me, wasn't given to me. Um, that I should enjoy myself and have a good time. And so I did. Everything was very rustic. Um, I realized I was in Sweden. Everybody was speaking Swedish. Toledo Svenskaya speaks Swedish. Um, uh, so I had a good time. I was only allowed to keep one thing, and it was a little uh, kerchief hat that I had on for the party. Um, everything else was given back to them. And uh, it was wonderful. I did not know I was taken back in time. I did not know any of this until I was older. And um, my great-grandmother, who is Swedish, from Sweden, uh, was looking through some Carl Larson paintings and showed it to me. And she said, Dolly, that's you. I know that's you. She was very psychic also, and somehow she intuitively knew this. And I was shocked because you recognize yourself when you see yourself. I knew that was me. I remember it. And... Um, when I became fully conscious, that was one of the first things I talked to Talata and Mama about, was how did that happen? What did you do? And they did. They took me back in time. And it was to prove something. Now, this was evidence for me to give uh, for when I came out. Um, they sort of knew I was going to do this. They waited for me to make the decision on my own. Uh, but this is a little bit of proof for me for that. Another interesting a uh, very interesting part was where you, where you say, and this kind of took me aback a little bit, knowing some experiencers, uh, Preston and I, you know, both know a lot of experiencers, and you said that that no one is taken against their will; they always agree in one f- way or another. And then, but shortly thereafter, you describe being on a craft and uh, seeing a man who had been taken who totally freaks out and breaks the arm of one of the greys. Could you, what, what, what am I missing here? He, he, he decided after he got there that it was too overwhelming for him. He agreed and then uh, just couldn't deal with it. I don't know what was going on in his life other than uh, he felt it was necessary not to participate and he became violent and he had to be stopped before he did any more damage to anybody. And he was taken back, and he was healed before he was dropped back. But, yeah, that happens every now and then. People are capable of changing their minds, and they do sometimes, you know. Uh, Preston? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a matter of perspective here. The the fact is, if you look from a very high spiritual level, we've all agreed to come down to earth. We've all agreed to experience all the things we experience, negative and positive. There's been a lot of talk about this in terms of, you know, being taken on board a UFO. Uh, there are many contactees who feel like, no, <laughs> this is a violation. I did not agree to this. I'm being kidnapped against my will. Uh, and will later reverse that opinion after they've had many experiences, overcome their fear, and learn that the ETs do not mean them harm. This is the first words they will tell pretty much everybody. Do not be afraid. No harm will come to you. We are not here to hurt you. And this is demonstrable in most cases. When someone's taken on board, yes, they're physically examined. And this can be very traumatic for people. 
Uh, we as humans down on Earth have a tendency to become compartmentalized in our consciousness, whereas ETs are speaking to not only our you know shallow conscious mind, but our full um, consciousness in its entirety. Now, a lot of people don't have access to all of the thoughts that they're thinking, so we're getting mixed messages. And I know this is, I don't want to make this sound like a cop-out, uh, but the more you research this, and a lot of contactees will tell you, yes, on some level, they did make agreements to participate in these programs. So, yeah, it's a controversial subject for sure. But I think what Dolly's saying is probably right on. Okay. Now, Dolly, you said that you made clear in the book that, that uh, there are some things you were told not to say publicly and that uh, the ETs approved uh, Preston as the author of this book and approved the book. Can you say a little more about that? Why weren't? Why are there some things you're not supposed to say? Um, because humans backtrack things. They they will backstory something without the the actual story. They will create um, in their in their mind uh, a way to understand it, and it can be wrong. It's like gossiping. You know, you hear something and it's not quite right all the way through to the end. And humans do that constantly. And how I understand things is internal. It's in me. And I'm making uh, myself comfortable with what I've just learned or understand. Um, so, And even children do this. They'll hear something and you'll see them dreaming it out loud. Oh, well, this is this and this is how this is going to work. And I'm going to make it this way. And it, it's just an evolution of thought process. So okay. that's how you deal with that. So the question... The million-dollar question is, how do you know what you're experiencing is correct? Um, you know, when you stick your hand in a fire and you get burned, <laughs> you're instantly convinced that this is real, this is physical, I know it's happening to me. Uh, I pretty much experience all physical and all uh, sensation, all everything while I am with them. It is real. But I thought the physical didn't matter. It matters in that I'm physically in their presence, and uh, yeah, I know it's real. My mind is quite convinced. You know, I'm now, able to do these things. This is a big issue in the whole UFO community. Uh, people like, you know, how do you know this is true? Uh, well, the fact is, there's a big difference between belief and knowledge. Right. Uh, not true knowledge is experiential; can only be gained through personal experience. You can read every UFO book you want to, but until you see a UFO, until you're taken on board, until you have face-to-face -face contact, that is true knowledge. Yeah. So um, well, I, I know UFOs are real. I've seen them myself. I know Dolly's experiences are real because I've become, to a certain extent, a, a participant. Yeah, I wanted uh, to ask you about that, but first of all, I wanted to point out that uh, through Dolly's kindness, we have some photos of Taleta. I'll work on that. You said it. You got it. <laughs> oh, good. I got it. Good. Uh, on the uh, Behind the Paranormal uh, dot com website, and uh, if you go to the, the little tab on top, it says Talking Points, Show Talking Points, and go to the 2022 shows right at the top. Uh, she sent us a, a video as well, but I, that it's having trouble playing on the website. But at least there are photographs anyway. So um, before we burn up the hour, which we're doing, uh, Preston and Dolly, tell us about your, we'll start with Preston, tell us about 
where people can get the book, where people can find out more about you, etc. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, the book is called Symmetry. It's available on Amazon and other online retailers. You can order it through bookstores. I do have a website. The address is prestondennett.weebly.com. But if you punch in my name, it should take you there. I'm all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, so forth. I have a YouTube channel. This is an important subject. Dolly's story has a very important message, I think, uh, okay. for all humanity. So, yeah. And, and Dolly, uh, you, I know you were on Facebook because I just friended you. Where else can people find out more about you? Um, I have a YouTube channel and all of my, uh, well, not all of them, Ten, I have ten films up uh, that I've taken. Some are of, of uh, Tarada, some are of E.T. Drones, and uh, one of them is uh, an incoming two-seater coming for me in the middle of the night that my son-in-law walked outside and interrupted. So you get to see that one, how they look when they're coming down. Okay. Um, uh, I'm about to start making uh, uh, podcast videos on uh, teaching uh, how to get connected to your psychic ability. I'm going to teach uh, things about science, um, tech, uh, their the morality of their people, what it means some of the history. It's just going to be a, a, a an experiential uh, pushing out of what the original main story is that Preston wrote. There's a lot of questions, a lot of answers. I've been reading everything everybody's sending me, and I want to talk to them to them that way, you know, and give them real deep, in-depth answers that way. All right, Preston, what experiences did you have that convinced you that Dolly's story is is mm-hmm. correct? Oh, wow. Well, I mean... Yeah, 25 words uh, or less. (laughs) Um, Very briefly, uh, well, interviewing her was awesome when she would answer my questions before I would ask them and uh, demonstrate psychic abilities to me on numerous times, including appearing as an apparition in my room and other stuff like that. Uh, I went and met her face-to-face for the first time at a UFO conference, and uh, the day before I arrived, she had had a major UFO encounter which she filmed that was awesome to see but we went outside at night and I saw unusual light activity that I could not explain as anything other than you know Talada coming down or a little demonstration for me personally she's shown me you know medical evidence she's got a lot of corroborating witnesses uh, and I've had some own personal what I would call OBEs out of body experiences where I'm going on board these craft, and boy, oh boy, that is a thrill beyond words I could possibly explain. So yeah, I know her case is real, because I've become a part of it, and I am honored, and it's awesome, it's thrilling. Well, one of the things that still bothers me, and and it could very easily be explained by the multiple worlds and interpretation of quantum mechanics, uh, is the notion that... um, I've just run into so many different versions of utopian worlds and aliens trying to save us, and also bad aliens, which you do mention in the book quite clearly, that these are not the only ones there are, and that there are bad players out there who don't wish us uh, well. Uh, I just I don't know, I don't know what to do with the information sometimes because it, it, it's contradictory. A lot of it's very similar. In people's experiences, but but I mean, again, what am I missing here? That uh, 
for every action there is an equal and or and or opposite reaction that there is yin and yang positive and negative there is energy and anti-energy there's uh, matter and antimatter there is a physical universe that you can feel right now you're in it uh, but what I can tell you is for you to totally understand everything I would suggest you start meditating every day and I think that you should try to start using your psychic abilities and there's some resources that I will send you uh, privately for that um, go out stop negative influencing yourself in other words turn your TV off quit listening to the radio stay away from 5G if you can well you uh, don't want to say quit listening to the radio well no you're on the radio right now no I meant I, I get what you mean. stuff like that if yeah. it's political turn it off yeah yeah um, stay away from uh, video games things that will negatively impress your mind your physical brain can only do so much for itself, okay? Your consciousness, which indwells your body, is linked to you through that physical mind, through that pineal gland. If it's not operating, you're not fully functioning as a human being. Try to get there. Try to use that. Your answers will get answered quickly, very quickly, once you do that. Well, I, I would add that extraterrestrials have been around for millennia. Uh, they are not here to take over our planet. I have no good evidence of that. I think it's the opposite. I'm not going to say every ET out there is our friend. It's a wide, wide universe. But people who have become technologically advanced have moved past the you know, probability of destroying themselves or others. They are not here to hurt us. That is a ridiculous notion. And if you actually look at what happens to people who have contact, yes, people are physically examined and it can be scary. People who have reached negative conclusions on ETs, it's often a simple fear reaction. Because when someone experiences extreme fear, they automatically think, well, this is negative. This is not good for me. Uh, but they often overcome their fear. And what happens to people is, yeah, they're physically examined. They're often healed. They're shown the engine room. They're given warnings about nuclear proliferation, our warlike ways, breeding corruption, pollution. They are spiritually transformed. What actually happens is quite positive. So, uh, very often, you know, you, I'll, I'll talk to Experiencer X, and I'll have a different story. Everybody's got the similar stories or different ones, and they never seem to go anywhere. Nothing, I mean, at least it seems to me. Where is this going, and what's next? Uh, where this is going is that our planet is going through a crisis. It is culminating. It is going to be a very big event, eventually. And ET wants you to wake up. They have plans to make a, a worldwide rescue, but they are not here right now to do that. They can't pull us off yet because of what's happening. It's, it's not only in our entire solar system, it's throughout our entire galaxy. And they are guarding themselves at the moment. Uh, we're about to experience a worldwide coronal mass ejection that will put us back into the Stone Age. They want you to wake up so that you, you can hear them telling you, prepare. They want you ready for this. They want you to survive it. Uh, I guarantee you the governments of this world don't care what happens to you in this event. They're taking care of themselves. The 1% elites are. That's what's next. And my plea to everybody is right now with everything that's going on here, be ready. Just get ready. Put a year's worth of food in your house. Water, whatever it takes, get ready because this is serious. It isn't the CME that's going to get you in the next two years. It's your own government. So... Well, it sounds extremely biblical, actually. Preston will give you the last word. 
Yeah, what Dolly's saying is not unique. This is a pretty much universal message among contactees. We're often given very explicit, uh, you know, visions, perhaps, or dreams, or actual, you know, conversation about an upcoming sort of existential crisis, environmental, financial, social collapse, this sort of thing. So yeah, we. This is not bad news. <laughs> it may sound all doom and gloom, but it's not because the way we are living today is not sustainable with the corruption and the wars and the greed. Uh, so it's up to us to, as Dolly says, and the ETs are trying very hard to wake up psychically, to remember our heritage, to recognize that there is no such thing as death, that we are all eternal beings, and that we can live a much better lifestyle than we are living today. So this is great, great news for all of us. It really, okay. really is. Well, certainly a high goals and positive message, and thank you both very much. We're out of time, and uh, we'll be in touch off the air. Okay. Thank you. Okay, very good. <laughs> okay, so, Ben, why don't you take away our announcements, if you would be so kind. Sure thing. So, we have uh, quite a few things we're going to hop into, and first of all, if you're into Alien Crunch ice cream, Roswell Burgers, and Spaceship Chips, uh, I don't I'm still I'm still pulling for space chips. Uh, you're <laughs> in luck. The Exeter UFO Festival returns in September at the historic Exeter New Hampshire Town Hall over the Labor Day weekend. That's September 3rd and 4th. Uh, this is a great event uh, that the whole town gets in on, and it's sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club to benefit local children's charities. Along with ourselves, speakers will include Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, Jennifer Stein, Bob Terrio, Mike Stevens, Lynn Nickerson, Valerie LaFosso, Mac Maloney, and and many, many, many others. And the uh, subject of our talk, specifically, will be time storms, with thanks to the great researcher Jenny Randalls, who coined the term. And uh, we plan to do our traditional live broadcast from the event on uh, Sunday with a panel of the speakers, and this is a very fun event, so if you can join us, you can visit uh, ExeterUFOFestival.org for more details. And visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find <clears throat> over 1,100 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008 from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio, and here on WON AM and FM, including uh, restored material in the archives at, uh, on the archives page at BehindTheParanormal.com. And again, check the Talking Points page for this uh, fascinating show. Uh, there's a link there for that as well. You can hear many of these broadcasts on the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And you can download our show app. It doesn't do a lot, but it's free. Uh, and you'll get um, information about and links to all these shows as they are posted and the video as well. So you want to check that out. So, um, oh, you can also check out our, uh, our 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 charity page that has links to several good causes we have adopted over the years, including Hope for Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts, uh, USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, you helping Haiti's orphans, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, the Sisterhood of Ground Zero, and most recently the Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund. So what's lurking in the kitchen for next week, Ben? Well, we have uh, defrosting. Next week, July 3rd, uh, being the Independence Day weekend, of course, we'll offer a rebroadcast of our popular show from January 16th, Will You See Your Loved Ones Again? And on the 10th, we'll be back with Open Lines Live. We leave you today with a succinct thought from the late British humorist Terry Pratchett. Mm. So much universe, so little time. 
I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.